Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue? Or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a thing or two. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we started KookCast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> so bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. And this week on the show, we have a special guest calling in on the phone. It is Nick from SurfCare, and SurfCare is a pretty cool new business. Uh, basically, it's an insurance policy you can buy for your new surfboard, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, like boards are getting more and more expensive, and it's getting more and more cringeworthy to have to, or to get a ding or, or to break one. So it's kind of cool to have this little backup plan that, you know, they'll hook you up with a replacement or, or get your board fixed for you. Uh, we'll get into that later in the show. First, I just get to know Nick a little bit since I don't know these guys at all personally. This is Nick and, and his partner, Rhett, started the whole thing. Um, so we just do regular old-fashioned KookCast style talking before getting into uh, details about this business. But I would definitely encourage you to go check it out, uh, surfcare.co, not com. Um, and, and see what you think. Uh, you know, it's, it seems like pretty good. I, it, full disclosure, I haven't tried it out myself, but I think I'm gonna. Next new board, uh, I'm gonna get it insured with SurfCare. And uh, yeah, so let me know what you think if you get a plan for yourself. You! So, uh, all right, well, so let's kick this thing off. Uh, I, you know, I'd love to hear more about you and uh, we, basically, true to the kook cast, where did you learn to first surf? Uh, so I, I learned in um, Long Beach Island, New Jersey, actually. That's oh no way! You're an East Coaster. Yeah. Oh cool. So, learned at the Jersey Shore. Uh, I remember my first session was with my little brother, and we rented a couple boards at a shop there. I think it's called Brighton Beach, and um, went out on our own, and caught a couple waves on our own actually. Nice, nice. How old were you? Probably 10, something around there. Oh, that's like around the same age I, when I started learning to surf. I don't know about you, but I was so determined. Like there was nothing that could have stopped me, you know? Like even when we were going to the bay, I'd pack up my surfboard <laughs> just so I could go paddle the thing around a little bit, you know? Yeah. The reason I started later is my family was a bunch of ski bombs. And so, you know, we'd always be at, at the ski mountains. Um, and... It was kind of just like on my own with my brother, we wanted to start surfing. So, you know, we'd go to the shore every every year, every summer, and finally we were able to pick up some boards and learn it on our own. So it was a, a good time. I, I still I still remember it, for sure. You know, it was so long ago. I'm 35 yeah. now, so that was, you know, 25 years ago. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. And, and have you been, like, consistent about your surfing ever since? Oh, yeah. It kind of, you know, kind of stopped skiing and snowboarding once <laughs> I learned to surf and That's funny. <laughs> became a beach bum, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transition your uh, your residences. 
Yeah, exactly. To the beach. And then that, you know, and then that la- that led me to going to school in Hawaii. Uh, so I went to university in Hawaii, and yeah, I mean, uh, now I live between Hawaii and, and California. So. Oh, cool. So surfing was a big part of college decision. Yeah, absolutely. And even you know, I traveled a lot uh, growing up, and so going to school on the mainland seemed like a little bit dull. Mm-hmm. So heading to Hawaii was, you know, culture shift. It's almost like you're you're in another country when you're in Hawaii. So it was a cool atmosphere to be in. That is, I'm actually really pretty, pretty interested. Diverse. I'm really interested in your like experience surfing in Hawaii and and where did you surf in Hawaii and did you feel like you got a lot better surfing in Hawaii or, or tell me a little more about just being in Hawaii and, and Oh yeah, Hawaii is amazing. Um, the university was on Oahu, so I moved there when I was 17 and you know, I still spend a lot of time there. Um, but I guess I had been surfing for 7 years before I moved there. Mm-hmm. So you know, I knew how to surf, and um, but yeah, you. I think you get in some cases you get a lot better, in some cases you kind of plateau. I would say you know, it's when you're in Hawaii, the waves are, are big a lot of the time, mm-hmm. especially if you're surfing the North Shore a lot. So you're mostly just going straight and surfing bigger waves. <laughs> so it's almost like difficult to learn how to to do turns unless you're doing turns on on really heavy waves. Sastro is a different story, but, uh, you know, Hawaii is amazing. It's like within 30 minutes, you can have good waves every single day of the year. Wow. And so where's the school? Is that on the South Shore or is that closer to the North Shore? Yeah, it's it's in Manoa, which is one of the valleys above um, Waikiki, the South Shore town. Uh Yeah, and And I lived all over the island. And and did you do a lot of traveling? Did you go to the North Shore? Because North Shore is pretty real deal surf. Oh, yeah. I mean... Well, the first, I remember the first year I went to college, uh, staying at the dorms, um, some friends of mine, we'd just hitchhike straight out front the, <laughs> the college <laughs> and catch rides up to the North Shore, like every, you know, all, sometimes every day. No way. Yeah. I mean, it's not far. It's boards and everything. Yeah. It, I, I guess that was 2004. So it didn't seem like a weird idea at the time. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, when you want to go surfing, there is nothing weird about getting the trip, anyway. The trip probably takes, I mean, if you have a car and you drive from town to, to the North Shore, it's like 45 minutes. So it's not, it's not far. It's even like probably 35 miles. So mm-hmm. it's really, technically it's close, but to hitchhike would take, um, you know, sometimes a couple hours, depending on, <laughs> depending on, you know, where you, who you get picked up from and where they're heading. Yeah, depending. It's pretty, pretty, pretty awesome move, though. Like, looking back on it, I'm super glad I, I was able to do that because I got picked up by some cool cats. One time I got picked up uh, by, um, by Derek Ho, actually. No way. Legend. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, picked me up in Wahiwa and took me up to the North Shore and in his, like, little two-seater Tacoma from like 1985 or something. That's awesome. What did you guys so, talk about on the way up? I remember he was he was like talking about um, how they had a contest in Pennsylvania because I you know I was from the East Coast and so he's like oh I've been to Pennsylvania we did a 
surf contest in one of the wave pools um, in Pennsylvania. I think he was talking about him and Tom Carroll. I forget if he won the contest in Pennsylvania. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. Fully one of those stories like that movie, The North Shore. Yes. You know, like how how the kid in the North Shore wins the surf contest in the pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. And, that's and cool. What that's, spots that's my did you? Story, yeah. yeah. What spots did you surf on the North Shore? Like any, like off off the path, or were you surfing like name brand, like Sunset Pipe? Uh, yeah, every everywhere. Really? Everywhere. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. That's amazing. Yeah, and also, I mean, it, I don't know if you've been to Hawaii or North Shores. It hasn't changed much actually in terms of of like the businesses and buildings, but um. There's, it's definitely a lot more crowded and touristy, mm. and and we used to just you know you used to be able to just camp on the beach just like right right there right in front of pipe or right in front of um, rock piles just build a fire and drink some booze on the beach. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, is that not allowed anymore? No, I, I would say not really. Uh. But yeah, going to school there was was awesome, and I still live there a lot. Yeah, so it's so I feel like kind of second home. Yeah, I I feel like you know when you're dealing with such a a spot like like Hawaii, just a place like Hawaii, and there's all these great surfers around and serious waves and all kinds of ways to get yourself into trouble. Did you have any like embarrassing or kooky moments out there? Not really. I, I feel like if anywhere, if you're respectful and and you know how to surf, or at least if you you know if you don't know how to surf and you kind of stay in the peripherals, mm-hmm. you don't really catch trouble. Totally. Um, I mean, that's great advice. That's the kind of stuff we talk about on Coopcast all the time. You know how to basically. You know, we learn. I learned the hard way growing up a lot. Nobody really taught me how to surf, so KookCast has been kind of my give back to the people who are learning yeah. themselves. Like, hey, don't do this because when I did it, <laughs> this is what happened, and and so on and so forth. Yeah, but uh, yeah, well, like a lot, of, a lot of people talk about surf etiquette, but I feel like etiquette implies that you actually know what the rules are or mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do, you know. And so it's almost just like a lack of knowledge or a lack of someone telling them what the manners are in the water which mm. causes you know people to get angry or people to do the wrong thing or... totally totally you know one of the things i find though with surf etiquette that's so challenging is that it's not so black and white a lot of the etiquette rules and the ways to go about things it's not it's not clear cut you know it, it depends on who you are and it depends on who you're dealing with and it depends on the time you know there's like all these nuances that kind of make the rules be a little flexible and bend in different ways you know and that's that's the part where no matter how well you know the rules like you're still gonna find out like oh well this guy thinks that rule only applies in this case or in this way you know kind of a thing and uh that's why in hawaii you know it's like there's a few places i've traveled to where you know you have to be extra polite and even in to the sense where let the locals kind of do the wrong thing quote unquote but it's not wrong because they're local and they've been there for so long you know that kind of thing i feel like hawaii can be the same you know you wouldn't want to go there like 
entitled or anything like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, that happens everywhere in the world. Um, and I think it just has to do with people just getting bummed that their, you know, their local spots getting crowded with, with people who, you know, aren't necessarily minding their matters. Right, right, right. <laughs> You know, yeah. but but at the same time, it's tough because they don't know what the manners are. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Even it's it's just uh, you know there there's definitely better places to learn how to surf, and sometimes when people try to learn how to surf at the only place that the waves actually rideable, you know that's frustrating. Right. It happens. You know, I live in Venice right now, and there's really only like one spot where you can get a wave where you can actually do a one or two turns on the wave, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and so when everybody tries to learn at that spot, you're like, you know, you, there's no difference for you to go down the beach a hundred yards and surf the wave that you can't do a turn on and just go straight and, and leave the spot, the rideable wave for people who actually are trying to do turns. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, that's something we always encourage um, is just kind of, being honest with yourself about your level, you know, and, and if you're still working on catching waves and standing up, you don't need a wave that peels down the line for that. You know, in fact, it's so much more beneficial and profitable to you to go somewhere where there's no people and the wave closes out because you usually in those scenarios can get so many more reps in. And that's one of the things that beginners miss out on in the beginning of their surf journey is reps, like repetition. They end up sitting out the back waiting for set waves like surfers who are already have practice and know their stand up and all their basic techniques and it's like you can't be spending your time out in the ocean waiting for waves if you're still learning how to catch and stand up and all that kinds of stuff so it's like you know that's i mean that's a like i was saying it's a big theme in our education is is you know knowing your level and and knowing that you don't need the epic point break to practice you know when you're at that level yeah but talking uh, about Hawaii and etiquette reminded me of, of a funny, a funny et, uh, etiquette is, uh, I guess if someone's going down the wave or riding a wave, a lot of times you'll try to paddle out in front of them. Ooh, this is a good know, one. To, to get past the wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you <laughs> don't get cause, crushed. Cause, cause naturally you don't want to get hit by the white water. Right. But the, you know, the correct thing to do is to not ruin that person's wave because they might be trying to do a maneuver or they might just, you know, you might just get in their way and, and they'll run you over, mm-hmm. which, which is very common nowadays. Totally. You know? and, and, and it did remind me of sometimes in Hawaii where <clears throat> you're surfing some pretty heavy waves and the right way or the right way to, to do that is to paddle towards the whitewater and just get smashed. Right, right. <laughs> and so, you know, when a six foot wave is coming at you, and you're supposed to paddle towards the whitewater and let this guy have his wave, like, yeah, unfortunately, that's it's what you got to do. Right. Well, there's a real defining moment right there in whether you should be out in those conditions or not, because if you're out sure. there strictly trying to not get hit by waves to the point where you're gonna you know, be willing to get in the way of somebody else or, or take the chance of getting in their way, it, maybe you shouldn't be out there because like you said, the right thing to do is to paddle to the impact area of the wave, not the open, clean face where you get over scot-free, but over to that detrimental impact turbulent zone and do whatever technique you use to get through, you know? And if you're like so terrified of that 
well, that's that's a sign, you know, that's a red flag. But right. I love that you brought right. that up because that's a that's a really good one that even I think a lot of surfers who are decent surfers, like they can ride waves well, don't do. Like it happens all the time. Everywhere you surf, you're surfing a wave and you're planning out your line ahead of you and somebody is just cruising up the face right there, you know? It's just like, holy right. cow, just... Uh, I, I can't believe how prevalent that is and even among good surfers. Yeah, and being in Hawaii and learning that learning that etiquette is... Uh, you know, you jump into the deep end and you're, you're like, all right, here comes a 10-foot wave. Let me just go take it on the head so that I'm not ruining this guy's wave. <laughs> right, right, right. But that's I guess that's how you earn respect and work your way up the ladder in places like Hawaii, you know? Yeah, and then you come back to California and it's no big deal if you have to do it on some mushy wave, you know. Totally, but, totally. But, you know, again, like, I, I, I think a lot of people don't even know that that's something they should be aware of. And so bringing it up on, on the podcast is valuable. Totally, and I'm really glad you did because that's, 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 that's a big one. That's a big one that doesn't make sense to anybody until you spell it out and say why. And then it's like, oh, okay, you know, you really have to explain it because otherwise, like you said, it's, it's intuition and instinct tell you paddle over the wave, the shoulder. Right. So, uh, and how did you do, uh, like, you know, speaking back on California terms and their swell this winter, how did you do up in Venice or, or were, were you in California for this run of swell we had? Like basically a two month run. Actually, I was in Hawaii that whole time. Oh, wow. So you got it even better. Yeah. Yeah. And all those storms hit Hawaii first and typically come to California after. So. Right. Right. Wow. So you got like the brunt of them. That's awesome. And, uh, I mean, this is the best winter I'd say since, since that El Nino year. Yeah. 2016, right? Is that the the one you're talking about? Yeah, probably. That's, that's the last winter I've been out in California every winter for the past few years. And I think that's the last best one I remember there was very, but you know what? This one I think was even better because of the consistency of swells, like literally one was dying as another was filling. It was absolutely incredible. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to take this conversation towards what you and your partner Rhett do, uh, surf care. I wanted to ask you some questions about that because it's pretty, it's an interesting thing. Um, kind of going right along with the whole theme of more people in the water, more etiquette breaches, more situations where people don't even know what they should have done leads to broken boards and dings and all that. So tell me a little bit about how surf care kind of comes in and answers that question. Well, I guess growing up in Hawaii, I just broke a million boards, you know, Mm -hmm. and my biggest fear surfing was always that I was going to be breaking another board if, if I was going to pull into another barrel, uh-huh. you know? So it, and it, and, uh, and it translates to a lot of places you are. It's like, if you're surfing hard and you, you're, you know, you're hitting the lip, you're going for critical maneuvers, you're pulling into the barrel. Um, it's inevitable. You're going to ding and break your board. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal when boards were 400 bucks, 500 bucks, but now they're upwards of a thousand dollars. And you know, you, you get boards from some shapers that are pieces of artwork and, uh, and those are even more, you know, right. 1200 yeah. bucks, 1400 bucks, totally. Tyler Warren boards, Bing surfboards, some album surfboards. It's just like all these boards are, 
super expensive now. So, yeah, it led me to the idea of, of let's, let's see if we can insure these. Let's see if we can cover them and, uh, and create a protection plan that covers dings and breaks. Because breaking is one thing, and the, you know, but dinging your board is also such a hassle. It's like, hey, yeah. you know a guy that repairs boards? Like, mm-hmm. my guy's out of town, or I don't know, I can't get a hold of him. So it's always, it's always a pain point or a hassle to, to get your board fixed. So to you know, provide some value by streamlining the repair process and uh, cover broken boards if, if that does happen is, is huge value to surfers nowadays. Totally. So it's basically like insurance for your surfboard. Exactly. Amazing. It's uh, technically not an insurance plan. It's it's an extended warranty plan. But I don't want to bore you with the details. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, it's just like similar to Apple Care, where you know you you drop your phone, you're gonna take it into Apple and get a new screen or get it repaired. Uh, if you if you ding or break your board, you call us up and uh, we'll get you set up with a repair for free. Or if it's broken, we'll replace it with the same board. Epic, epic. And so that you mentioned something earlier, though, about like custom boards and those like really special vintage ones. How do you handle a situation like that? If that breaks? Yeah, good question. Um, if, you know, if, if you ordered a custom board, um, then we can get you the same board if you want, if you're willing to wait. Uh, but if you want to grab something that's similar from the... Uh, the same manufacturer you can cool got it very cool and and so how 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 would i sign up for this a couple ways you know you can buy surf care on any surfboard any new undamaged surfboard uh within 30 days of buying it and you can buy it online at surfcare.co cool and this so do you guys partner with anybody or any builders or how, how like what's the background oh yeah you know the other the other way you can buy it is in some surf shops they've started selling it um we've partnered with you know, hayden shapes is one of the early adopters naturally they're they're always on the forefront of new ideas i feel but yeah you can walk into hayden shapes buy surf care on a new board there um we're starting to sell it at places like chili surfboards album um JS, hopefully Pizel soon. So yeah, we're we're starting to partner with the, the big manufacturers and get the word out. And you know, it's for for shapers, it's it's a value add conversation. You know, hey, you can surf carefree, not worry about if you break your board, we'll get you another one. Um, and and uh, it's it's starting to become customary question when you buy your board. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, it's it's funny because I never considered this idea and now that you guys are saying it, it's like so obvious. Like of course you want to insure your board, you know? Like it's it's oh and you were saying how, you know, if you surf hard and you're pulling into like gnarly tubes and hitting the lip and yeah, that's true. Those are ways to break your board, but you know what? The most things that I run into, especially cuz I'm, you know, I coach beginners and stuff, but just people, the way they handle their board before they realize how fragile it is, you know, the way they put it yeah. down, the way right. they take it out of the car and then dink it here and dink it there and bink, bink, right. bink, you know, next thing you know, you're like, oh, how did I get that giant crack in my rail? So exactly. it's like, it's beneficial, yeah. not just to surfers who are charging and, and surfing hard, but even just people who are kind of careless. 
Yeah, careless or not even, you know, they don't know they don't know how to take care of their board, like you said. Yeah, yeah. And lastly, you know, you don't know when someone's just gonna paddle in front of you on the wave and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna run them over. Yeah, you know, totally. Or, or the other way around, it's almost like no matter how good you are at surfing, uh, there's always gonna be some collision that was, you know, inevitable, unavoidable, and. Um, a board's gonna get ruined in that in that collision. A hundred percent. I have. I'm thinking of a story right now. I got so fired up. It was like, uh, I guess it was last summer, and I was in the middle of a cutback that was just feeling so good. You know how when you're like working on something <laughs> over and over and over, you start to become so present for it. You know, like you're really paying attention to the things you struggle with or whatever. Like right. it's it's no longer an after the fact you know, look back on it and judge yourself. Like while you're doing it, you're judging yourself. So I'm laying my rail down on a backside cutback coming around. I'm like, Oh my God, this is feeling so good. I feel like I, I timed it out and to have the (laughs) radius perfect. And as I'm doing this and making my turn, there's somebody down in the trough of my wave who, who was behind me. So he did the right thing, went, you know, towards the whitewater to duck dive. And I notice him out of like, you know, my, the corner of my eye as through my cutback and his tail is up in the air like he's go- halfway through his duck dive. <laughs> and guess what he does? He lets go oh of his board. So Jesus. he's got the thing halfway submerged. And just as I'm coming around for the re-entry, lets go of his board and the thing shoots out. Thank God it didn't hit me because it, it came with force. And crushed my board like uh, at the nose. I was so furious. And then <laughs> the best part is what made me even more angry is he came up and he acted like, like it was my fault he was like oh you shouldn't have came over here i was like are you kidding me man uh, I, I couldn't even contain myself i was just so fired up but man i would have loved to have surf care then oh my god yeah i mean surf a point break in california and, and it's you it's frogger you know you're dodging totally speed, speed bumps <laughs> the whole time and you see it on videos you know pro, pros are so good at fitting in their cutbacks and turns snaps in between people people who are duck diving or on the shoulder or whatever you know you watch nick fanning at snapper rocks and he's like you're like oh my god how did he get barreled and then do a cutback with 10 people in every direction yeah seriously so hey you know what that question makes me think though so say in the case of a ding who handles the quote and how much a certain ding is worth being uh compensated for by surf care yeah, so actually we, you know, if, if you get a ding, you call us up and we'll coordinate getting you to a ding repair closest to you mm-hmm. and, and we pay we pay for the repair. So it's not any concern to the surfer. Mm-hmm. So if you have a, a, you know, if you have a ding repair place that you prefer, we can get the repair from there, but we'll, we'll coordinate it all and pay for it. Got it. And so that's a, but that's a lot of manual work on your end, huh? You guys like are, is it just you two running the show or do you have people helping you do this? We, we have, we have a team that, uh, that we've put together to help basically on the sales and claims side. Oh, wow. Epic. All yeah. right. So you guys are, you're, you're further along than I was imagining. For some reason I was just envisioning you two guys sitting at home, you know, and then <laughs> somebody calling up and being like, Hey, ding my board, but you guys are out surfing. So no one's answering the phone. <laughs> Right, right. Now we, yeah, we've we foresaw that happening, <laughs> and um, yeah, we we put together a team that handles claims, um, and we're and we're also backed by an inch a uh, an underwriter, which is basically a big insurance company that 
that will guarantee that all the claims are, are paid for. So part of the, you know, I've been working on this for three plus years and we launched last year. Uh, but the difficulty in bringing a product like this to market has been following all the rules with the, uh, with the insurance industry. Um, so tech, you know, technically we're not just a surf company We're we're regulated by every state. So we got to make sure we're following the rules and people are getting their claims and things paid for appropriately. So there's no risk that if we go under your claims aren't going to be paid for. It's all, I see protected. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. This is a lot more like complex than I kind of imagined for, you know, but, um, yeah, I'm just on your site right now, kind of uh, checking it out. It looks pretty cool. Definitely, everybody that's listening, you sh- if this is an issue for you or you've kind of always worried about your board or dings, I think this is something to look into for sure, surfcare.co, for uh, coverage on your board. Keep that thing, you know, freshy. Yeah. Yeah, next time you buy a new board, check out Surfcare and uh, can insure it. Oh, it's so- funny, people, you know, we get a lot of, a lot of cases where they're like, "Ah, oh, man, I just broke my board. Can I get surf care? It's like, well, no, you kind of got to get it before. Yeah, yeah, of course. Come on. <laughs> That's pretty odd. People, people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get it in a couple days. And then they call me up. They're like, oh, you're not going to believe it. <laughs> oh, my God. Come but on. Yeah, next, next time you buy a new board, check out surf care. Um, protect your investment you know right surf with surf carefree how do you make sure that people like how do you make sure that it is in fact a new board that's only 30 days max old like a receipt or something yeah yeah when you buy a board you register the board with pictures of the board and and pictures of your receipt Mm -hmm. and uh if you if you do buy it at a place that sells surf care directly then then we know that it was new because they sold it to you so got it Pretty simple. Pretty simple. So basically, this is only for a board you buy brand new. Somebody can't like Correct. pick up an uh, insurance uh, halfway down through the life of their board. Well, definitely good to keep in mind uh, for the next. Yeah, hopefully, next hopefully down the road we'll be able to insure used boards. You know, provide ding repair service that's hopefully more streamlined than what people are used to. Mm-hmm. Other, other, other products where planning to do is quiver coverage so if you have more than one board you can tack on additional boards for a small amount of money right right sweet dude well well you guys good on you for coming up with this and filling up a little hole in the market that's always there's no do you have any competitors <laughs> no wow. no competitors and uh yeah thanks for thanks for saying that Thanks for the compliments. Oh, nice absolutely. Well, I, I would know, you it's know. It's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of work, uh, you know, getting through all the insurance hoops and, um, you know, building the building the awareness. Super cool, man. Well, Nick, thanks so much for the time to, to chat about it and fill us in on what you guys do. It makes me uh, really excited to, to look into it more, and I'm, I'm definitely going to be uh, insuring my next brand new board. <laughs> Absolutely. Have a good day. All Stop right, to Nick. Talk to you. Later on, dude. Thanks again. All right, bye. Bye.